You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. It's the Fan Early Morning Show. It's the Wake Up Show. The Wake Up Show presented by 84 Lumber. Put your positive attitude to work at 84 Lumber, and you can apply online at 84lumber.com. My name is Nicholas Callis. Call me Harry as well around here for my love of doing baseball and baseball play-by-play like Harry Callis of the Philadelphia Phillies. We got sports to talk about, so many sports to talk about this morning involving Pittsburgh. The Steelers made a big trade. One of the Pirates' top prospects made his double-A debut over the weekend. Pirates continue to struggle. Pitt football plays this weekend. So much to get into, so much to talk about, and I'm willing to let you talk about any of it with me. Have a conversation with me if you want to call 412-928-9370. That's 412-928-9370. You can also hit me up on what uh, was formerly known as Twitter. You can hit me up on X at Callas underscore 33. That's C-A-L-L-A-S underscore 33. I mainly want to touch on the Pirates and the Steelers today uh, in this uh, 40 minutes because there's a significant topic surrounding them. I'm not necessarily talking about the Pirates' loss to the Cubs and them losing the series over the weekend. I mean, we'll get to some of that if there's time that allows, but uh, not nothing I can dissect too much anymore. They're just struggling this season, and that's that. The big thing I want to mention, though, is uh, Paul Skeen's had his debut in double-A with the Altoona curve. He went two-thirds of an inning, gave up four earned runs on three hits and walked two. The Altoona curve ended up coming back and winning that game anyway as well. So it was kind of a, an exciting baseball game in Altoona. But for, for Skeens individually, so many of you are just so skeptical. And so many of you just are so panicky. And just ready to go to the negative all the time, which is one of one of the things about Pittsburgh sports that I just I struggle to understand about fans. I get the expectation of of, of Pittsburgh sports, and I get the the expectations of the city of champions, and you know how history and a lot of the teams are around here. But to say that the prospect of the Pirates who just pitched a whole bunch of the college season was pitching in the College World Series and now is coming and pitching in the minor leagues of professional baseball and judging him on his first start. There are reasons to be pessimistic about the Pittsburgh Pirates, and I can understand that to an extent, and I've talked about that plenty of times here on this show and on this station about the Pirates, but 
those of you who are pessimistic, like, I don't know if you're just going on Twitter and you just enjoy releasing your deepest and darkest thoughts, and maybe that's it. Maybe you just enjoy stirring the pot saying, Skeens is going to be a bust. I'm calling it now. Skeens is going to be a bust. I said it on Twitter, and I can document it, so I'll reference this in uh, three to five years whenever he doesn't do well with the Pirates. I mean, hey, if that's your, that's your M.O., cool. If you really think you can see the future based on one start, cool. I don't get it. And and, and speaking of the, the rich history of, of Pittsburgh sports, like I get it. I get that the the 70s were a really great time for, for football and for and for baseball. And then as the years went on, the, the Pittsburgh Penguins on two separate occasions won back to back Stanley Cup titles. I get it. There's a lot of excitement. It seems like always one team, though, just struggles. Not all three teams could be in sync. I get that. Maybe the Pirates' time is coming. I thought the Steelers might be going down. Uh, They didn't. They seem to rebuild pretty well. My point, though, is is that there's a rich history from the 70s that, that make everybody in Pittsburgh think this is the city of champions. The, the the sports teams can do no wrong. I won't mention, though, that before that, you know, the, the Pittsburgh teams struggled. There weren't really good Pittsburgh teams until the Steelers broke out. Pirates were pretty good through their inception into the league. But modern baseball hasn't been their friend. And then it took the Penguins a long time to be really good. I think that just that high of the the 60s Pirates, the 70s Pirates, the 70s Steelers, the Steelers winning the Super Bowl in the modern era, the Penguins winning the Stanley Cup in the modern era, has kind of inflated us, or inflated Pittsburgh, because I don't want to put myself into this, inflated Pittsburgh in such a way where there's so much pessimism everywhere. There's so much, almost seems like hate. I'm not going to call it that necessarily, but there's just so so many people who just want to rush to the negative, especially as it relates to the Pirates. So many people are just willing to rush and never give the Pirates a chance ever again. Like all the all the hate talk on Twitter, all the, the booze and the chants at games, you know, the lack of support. It's a difficult place to play in Pittsburgh. I think the players at some in some threshold of their of their awareness can sense that pessimism. It's hard to play in Pittsburgh. It's hard to play for the Pirates. It's not easy to do. Austin Hedges even spoke out, and I don't agree with everything he said when he said it. If Paul Skeens can't make a minor league debut and struggle a little bit and show signs that he's human without you know, people going to social media, speaking out, saying that he's a failure already, he's a bust. I mean, it's just not a welcoming environment. And I get all of you that are impatient. That's fine. But, you know, just saying all these things, having this abrupt pessimism this you know calling a guy a bust 
before he's even made major league start, before he's even developed through minor league baseball. That's just, that's unforgivable to me. The Pittsburgh Pirates are a hard organization to play for because the fans just, they're ultimately pessimistic. And anything that goes wrong, you just give up. Just because, you know, a lot of you go back, oh, this wasn't, this, this isn't like the 70s Pirates. These aren't the Pirates I remember. I remember when when Willie Stargell was leading the team and Dave Parker was in the outfield and, yeah, Kent DeColvey was closing games. We're here now. You got to give these people a chance. And that's my whole point. I, I don't I don't get where the hatred is coming from and – if you were a player, would you want to play in this atmosphere? Because I wouldn't. Make it a more welcoming environment is is pretty much my point here. Calling a guy out as a bust after one double-A start is nuts to me. And hopefully there's a good chunk of you out there who are better than that as well. But if you're doing that already, shame on you. Make it a more welcoming environment to play for the Pittsburgh Pirates or or play in Pittsburgh. Especially a guy who the Pirates are trying to develop. Austin Hedges is a special case, and I brought him up. But, I mean, he was aware of what was going on. The other players are aware as well. Don't be a negative influencing factor in how the players feel. Give them more of a chance. Especially Skeens in this case. Okay. All right, that's it for that rant on Skeens. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the big trade, the big news happened over the weekend. Kevin Dotson traded to the Los Angeles Rams. And in exchange, the Steelers move up around from 5th to 4th in 2024. And then in 2025, the Steelers move from 6th to 5th. So the Steelers gave up an extra offensive lineman and in exchange moved up around in each of the next two drafts. And the Rams, they get some depth at offensive line. Some opinions here and there. I know I got tagged in a tweet over the weekend that said that um, this isn't great. It's not a great trade because you lose that offensive line depth. Which I'm with that to an extent. You always want depth on the team. You always want extra players to be able to come in and play. At the same token, though, Dotson's one of those guys that, you know, he was a starter. He struggled a little bit here and there. He's very uncertain. You've traded him, and now you get better picks in the future, and the Steelers are really going all in. Like, I think that this is kind of what the Steelers are doing, and this is what the Steelers wanted to do. This is how they want things done. They're they're all in at this point. The Steelers have pushed all their chips in. They have signed players. They've acquired players who, especially on the line, that can that are universally considered upgrades. They're not going to retain players just because. Like, oh, could Dotson figure it out? Could Dotson, you know, 
be a consistent part of the line? The answer is no. He's been he's, he was depth for the Steelers. That's pretty much been certain. So the Steelers are saying, okay, we're not holding on to anybody. We're not giving any unnecessary chances that we don't have to. So trade them, get better picks in the next two drafts. They're later round picks, but they're better picks. And also offload and really, really invest and really commit to the players that you have on the roster right now for the offensive line. I get the argument that says, you know, okay, we want depth. But, I mean, at this point, Dotson was not the future of the, of the Pittsburgh Steelers' offensive line. He wasn't. So, I'm totally fine. And, again, I've talked about this before. I wanted them to rebuild, take it down, tank a little bit, get super better picks in the draft, not just, you know, okay, mid-run. I wanted, like, first, first of the bunch picks. They didn't do that. So, if they're going to fully commit, and they're saying, okay, these are our guys. I'm going to trust them in this case because they didn't give up. They didn't say, we're, we're done. This is it. We're done. They didn't say that. They said, nope, we're the Steelers. We're going to get better. Don't worry about it. And then they went out and they got better. They had a solid draft. They added players in free agency. They traded. And they've reached a point where their offensive line is strong. And solidified. So Dotson just his depth. I mean, if he's not going to be the future, why have him on the roster? The future of the team could very well be the next two draft picks that they've gotten over the next two years. Maybe. In fact, they get to choose one round sooner to pick guys. I think that's a good thing overall. I think it's fine. I think it's a good thing. I don't think that it's I don't think it's catastrophic to, to trade him. Again, yeah. More depth is cool, but better picks in the future I think is even better. And again, they're committing to that offensive line right now that they have. They are committing to the players that they've acquired, they've drafted, and that I think is a good thing as well. That's That has some value. So I approve of the Steelers' trade. Good that they got future draft picks, future better draft picks, and also I think it's good to offload a guy that really wasn't going to be a part of the future of the team. So good job by the Steelers. Good job by the Steelers. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis. This is the Fan Early Morning Show on Sports Radio 93.7. The Fan, I'm going to take a quick break. When I come back, I would ten, uh, we can continue to talk Steelers, continue to talk Pirates, uh, Pitt football is playing this weekend. Uh, if you want to call in and express your excitement or concerns about anything, you're welcome to do that at 412-928-9370. You can also hit me up on X at Callus underscore 33. That's C-A-L-L-A-S underscore 33. And um, I will respond to your comments when I return here on Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Fan weather brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. Summer's here. Come check out Trailblazer Equinox and the all-new redesigned 2024 tracks. You can also check them out online at SunChevy.com today. 
High of 82, low of 64. Partly cloudy skies expected all throughout the day. And tomorrow, high of 83, low of 65. Overcast skies expected throughout most of the day with a chance of rain. That's Fan Weather. It's brought to you by Sun Chevrolet. My name is Nicholas Harry Callis. This is Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. It's the Fan Early Morning Show. Talking some Pirates baseball. Paul Skeens made his debut over the weekend. Uh, he pitched two-thirds of an inning. And uh, the Altoona Curve actually ended up winning the game, so Paul Skeens got a no decision. But uh, he gave up four runs in the first inning. He was taken out before completing the full inning. And Pirates fans have gone nuts on social media. I got a tweet from Ambridge underscore Tom. He says, uh, you're on fire and exactly right. Brave of you to say this. I'm talking about it being hard to play in Pittsburgh. I wonder what you as fans think. I mean, do you think you're too hard on players? Do you think that all of the pessimism and some of the outbursts of anger and frustration do you think that do you think that that's all justified do you think that you're maybe being a little too hard sometimes do you think you're a good fan and other fans around you are too hard on players i don't know give me a call 412-928-9370 i just think that so many pirates fans are stuck in the 70s which is fine because they haven't done much i acknowledge that they haven't done much in a while but at the same rate, it's not going to help the future to continue to be pessimistic and just unnecessarily outbursting whenever one thing doesn't go right in a in a condensed period of time. Got a caller at four one two nine two eight nine three seven zero. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello. Yes, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. What's your name? Hey, yeah. Hey, I was just thinking that first round draft kick, uh, kid. Uh kid in double a right now is he the opening day starter next year no uh reports suggest that he will not be the opening day starter next year will he be on the team opening day or would he be called up like you think like month month after that i'd say a month after he'll probably be on the roster around may good thank you all right have a good one thanks for the call yeah that's true too that was kind of a bummer that we heard we all had high hopes that skeens might be ready by uh, opening day, and he might even be the opening day starter. There have been reports since uh, in the last month that have suggested that Skeens isn't going to make the opening day roster, but he'll he'll be on the roster at some point in 2024. But again, just talking about uh, just talking about fans and, and all that. Sometimes I think it's just a bit difficult. Especially for the Pirates, because, I mean, the players who play for the Pirates, I don't think that they're just completely blind to the history that that, uh, the Pirates have recently. It just hasn't been successful over time. But it doesn't make it any easier for fans to every little thing that goes wrong, you just react. And then all of a sudden, you know, know, like things are going to get better just because you have high expectations and you have blind just rage being released into the world. I, I just, I get fed up with that, and I appreciate some support from at least one Twitter profile that says, you know, hey, you're brave for saying that. They appreciate it. But I truly believe that. And again, I wasn't around. I mean, I say this all the time, and I'm going to beat this to death until you all stop being too crazy as fans or until the Pirates start winning. I haven't seen them win a World Series, so of course I'm going to continue to talk about them. Of course I'm going to continue to hope for that because I don't have a choice. That being said, we'll move on. I think I've beaten that enough, but I appreciate the support from some of you out there who seem to have the same view. 
Uh, talking about the Steelers as well, Kevin Dotson got traded. I support the trade. I think that um, I think that getting rid of a guy who's not going to be the future of the team is a good thing. I think that moving up one round of uh, of picks in the next two years of drafts could be helpful, could be beneficial to the team. The Steelers, they're doing it, and you know I, I had my doubts for a little bit, but but they're doing the thing. They're, they didn't have to rebuild, and they're fully committed now to the players that they've acquired. Any player that wasn't good enough, they seem to have gotten rid of. Chase Claypool was among the first to get traded off uh, for a pick that turned out to essentially be a first-round pick, 32nd overall. Um, and then just the the continuation of the offseason of acquisitions to bolster the offensive line. And it doesn't seem like they're putting up with a lack of talent anymore. Like, they have committed to the players they have. And if you're not good enough, you know, if you're a veteran player that's been on the roster and you're not good enough, they seem to be just, you know, pawning you off. And Steelers uh, have proven that again with Dotson getting traded to the Los Angeles Rams for, again, a, a couple picks where they move up one round. They go from the fifth round to the fourth round next draft. And then in the 2025 draft, they go from the sixth round to the fifth round. So that's good stuff. I think that I think that's good. That was a question over the weekend, too. I was working over the weekend with Paul Alexander on Saturday, and somebody called in and asked, was it really Omar Khan that did a lot of the good, you know, was he? Was it really him that was the genius behind some of these offseason acquisitions and some of these moves? Uh, and this question was brought up because we're talking about Ben Roethlisberger and Kevin Colbert retired after the draft in 2022, so he retired essentially the same season after the same season that Ben Roethlisberger retired. And with Ben Roethlisberger's contract off the books, was Omar Khan really a genius, or did he just use Roethlisberger's you know, the money that Roethlisberger was being paid and no longer being paid because his contract had expired? Um, was it really just a good fortune that you know Khan? had more money just to go out there and throw out there at other players. Was it really him being a genius or a good GM, or was it just having the fortune of of more finances to work with? And my response to that, I think it's a fair question. I mean, it's an interesting question to ask about Khan. I mean, can we expect this for years to come, or was was it just good that he had money to spend? I I think that that when I bring up that Claypool trade, that makes me think that Khan really – May have known what he was doing. I think that he that he did well to get a second rounder for Claypool, and then it ended up being the thirty second overall pick in the draft. I think Khan's doing a fine job, and it's also what you do with the finances that you have, not so much that you just have blind money to spend. If this were baseball, it might be a little bit different to argue that more because baseball doesn't have a salary cap, but every team is fixed to a cap. It's just how you allocate those funds and and how you gather those resources. And so far, I think Khan's been doing a fine job, and I think it really is it is him. It's not just the fact that he can spend so much, and you see that with you know, a trade like the one um, that involved Claypool to get that second-round pick back, and then the Bears you know, fell off at the end of the season, and it turned out that they were going to get the first pick in the second round, and, and now that was uh, property owned by the Steelers. 
And even the Stotson trade, I mean, these are just little things that he's been doing along with um, signing Sayamalu, trading for some other players to bolster the offensive line and the defense. I think that overall it's not just a money thing. Uh, Khan seems to be doing well trading and acquiring and signing. That It's more than just throwing money at players. It's uh, It seems to be strategic and... Uh, I think that you should believe that. So, you know, some question. Again, it's a fair question, too. Is it is it just because Khan has the money that they're no longer paying Roethlisberger to go out and uh, acquire these players? Um, and, well, that's pretty much it, acquire the players, or or is it um, or is it strategic? And I, I would argue that it's strategic. He's been doing well. And the draft shows that as well. I mean, it's not just, you know, you're not going to be paying draft picks so much money because they're draft picks, they're rookies, uh, but all the players that he even drafted and 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 Whitehall helped in drafting, they did as well. I mean, it's not just it's not just the money; it's definitely more than that. And I think that Khan has had a strategic plan, and the and the Steelers front office has had a strategic plan since the new uh, regime took over. Not just a money thing; definitely strategic. So praise Khan; he deserves it. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 